You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Woo! Happy hot day! I'm pretty fired up right now. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Uh, Go check out Exodus Trail Cameras at ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Now, on today's podcast, we are talking with a guy who has been on the podcast before, and this particular gentleman has an extreme passion for the outdoors, and this is by far one of the best BS sessions that I I can remember and I'll tell you why because his name is Lucas Psycho and if you don't know who he is you'll understand where I'm going with this but uh, dude loves to deer hunt dude loves to be outside one thing he hates is hornets and you'll hear that story in, in this podcast but it's just a great BS session where two guys sit around a I guess we'll call it a digital campfire and just talk about his trip to Alaska. Um, kind of, he piggybacked on a bear hunt. He did halibut fishing, um, kind of his family. Uh, we talk about how he adapts to hunting public land on river bottom ground when it's flooded and what he's doing this time of the year. So we just kind of cover a little bit of everything and that is the making of a perfect bs session and why am i so happy well 50 percent of this of my happiness today has to do with i just had a um a piece of peach coffee cake with you know with the hard crumbles on top oh man they put it in a microwave it was very delicious and if you got for those of you who don't know me know me food makes me happy and that piece of coffee cake made me extremely happy today and the fact that when you're listening to this I'm recording this this intro right now on Tuesday at 10:49 central time 
in the morning and I'm about ready to board a plane here in a handful of hours and fly to Denver then fly to San Francisco. Now, this isn't what I would call my dream vacation, but it is my wife's dream vacation. And as we all know, when mama's happy, everybody else can be happy. And her happiness because of this vacation is leading to me to be able to hunt two weeks in November and go on an elk hunt in September. So this vacation is basically brownie points, right? I'm earning my brownie points for this vacation. We're flying into San Francisco. We're going to go to uh, Napa and Sonoma Valleys. Uh, my, my wife is a huge lover of wine. Uh, so we're taking her there. We're going to do all these fancy winery tours. I had to buy two new shirts uh, with collars on them because t right now the only shirts I own are free hunting t-shirts. So like whenever I sign a partnership deal, uh, I get some, some wasp t-shirts or I get some Exodus t-shirts or a lone wolf t-shirt or, uh, an Ozonics t-shirt. And that's what I wear almost every day to work. So my wife's like, well, you can't be wearing those hunting shirts every day when we're going into some of these quote unquote fancy places. And honestly, I don't give a shit, but you know, again, I got to make my wife happy. So I bought two shirts recently with collars on them and, uh, I'm going to be wearing those in, you know, throughout the next couple days. And so there's that. I don't know where this is going, but today we have a kick-ass podcast with Lucas psycho. But before we get into that, wasp archery man made in america product from the literally the best material that money can buy so not only do you have a american workforce that's making them but you have a you know the best possible materials used and you know i talked with a guy who works there his name's fred doherty and uh he he's like really involved with how these the designs how they're manufactured so forth and so on and uh, just listening to him talk and listening to not only the history of this company but the path this company's on and the broadheads that they make it's just a perfect fit for me and a perfect fit for this podcast so if you guys ever want to take a look at wasp broadheads they have mechanicals and they have fixed blades i i am personally a huge fan of the smaller diameter fixed blades especially the boss four blade just a real hard hit and son of a bitch broadhead and uh, i tell you it's i haven't made up my mind yet i i might play around with the jackhammer again this year just to kind of bring back old, old uh, memories, but um, there's a good chance I say that and still stick with the Boss Four Blade. Man, I just can't get enough of those uh, those smaller diameter fixed blade broadheads. And uh, when it comes to out west elk hunting, I think that a fixed blade is going to be it for me. There's that. Now, I've talked too much. I've bullshitted with you already too much. Let's get into today's BS Session podcast with my brother from another mother, Lucas Psycho. All right, everybody. On the phone again, we have a returning guest, Mr. Lucas Psycho. How you doing, man? Oh, doing great, buddy. Doing great. hope everything's good down there. Yeah, yeah. We had the hot weather last week, and it sounds like you're having the hot weather this week. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we got a lot of rain 
this past like two weeks it's been yeah. like raining every other day and some nasty storms and it's actually we've actually popped out a few tornadoes here within the area too so it's been pretty nasty and they're talking tonight and tomorrow some more thunderstorms so it's uh it's been a pretty wild summer so far and i guess technically a summer hasn't even started i guess but yeah for sure so i'm thinking today we talk about some summer scouting uh what you're you know maybe how last year ended and how it's kind of trans you know through the winter transitioning into you know summer now what your goals mm-hmm. are what your plans are um maybe talk about some specific deer and whatnot but before we do this is what right. i'm really interested about is you and your wife recently took a trip to alaska i'm extremely jealous by the way mm-hmm. what what did you do on this trip oh well we uh We've been planning this trip for like, I bet we've been trying to get up there for like the past five to seven years here. Yeah. And it just never pans out, you know, and we had kids and young kids and, uh, the opportunity arrived, you know, arose this year that we, it was over February. I was actually on a fishing, little fishing, uh, ice fishing getaway for a couple of days in Minnesota with my cousins and they were all making a plan to go up there and invited us to come with and. I just kind of jumped on the ball and said, um, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, let's make right. it happen. We've been talking about it forever. So we, uh, made the plan to go up there and we spent, uh, seven days up there. Seven, yeah, seven full days up there. Nice. And, uh, my cousin, my cousin and her fiance have a big old fishing boat. And, uh, we went out into the Prince, Prince William Sound and spent, uh, about three full days and three nights out there and we stayed at a cabin uh and at it was uh the port ashton lodge is what was where it was actually what it was called and and it's nothing high class by any means you know up there in the middle of the freaking ocean and uh all these islands stuff out out in the prince william sound and and uh I'll tell you what, if I, uh, if I ever landed the, t- the type of job where I could afford to, to move up there, I'd be, I'd be there. Yeah. <laughs> that place yeah. is incredible, man. <clears throat> that is definitely, so, uh, that is definitely on a bucket list, uh, to just not, you know, I want to hunt up there for sure, but I also want to go mm-hmm. and visit, especially with the wife and potentially kids someday. Was it, yeah. was it an expensive trip? Not, not for us because we had basically a private guide, you know, we, yeah. we, we had we had a boat, you know. They had we stayed at their house, and then we went and we we just got this got these two cabins for everybody to stay in, and those, you know, right. It was uh, you know, nothing super high class at all. It was just awesome, laid back, and and uh, I just I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, I've I've always wanted to go, and you know, that was the first time I've been on the ocean, so that was a, that was a treat too, and quite the experience, you know, seeing all the different wildlife up there and. And one thing I, I, that changed from from before I was, you know, went up there to after is I I'd never envisioned myself hunting bears ever. I've yeah. never, it's never really even, I don't, you know, you see it on, you know, I guess mostly of what you see is, you know, people baiting and you hear people baiting them and you yeah. sit in a tree stand and they come and shoot them. That that's nothing, you know, it's knock knock against anybody that does it. It just doesn't really interest me very much. Same here. To do it and. uh so I guess I never really realized that you could go and like actually stock a bear, you know, in a in a situation where you might be able to be successful, you know. Right. And and we were 
we had bear tags. I didn't have any. I, did, I was going to get one, and then I just didn't because I just kind of wanted to see and see and feel things out before I ever actually go and get one. It was uh, black bear tags, and my cousins had some. And so we got to do some bear hunting along the shorelines and in the bays and stuff and up on the mountainsides from the boat. And so what you do is you just float around out there. Once you start looking for bears, you know, like glassing the mountainsides and the shorelines, yeah. you're like, holy shit, there is a lot of bears. <laughs> and I looked it up. I got curious, and I looked it up, and there's actually two black bears per square mile in that place. Wow. So they're just everywhere, you know. Wow. And so we, we didn't see a whole lot of them while we were focused on halibut fishing, you know. We've right. seen a few here and there, but... Once we actually started bear hunting and looking for them, they just—they were everywhere. You were just like, "Wow, they're just." Once you start looking for them, they're just there. And so we got to make a few stocks. On uh, and, and then my cousins were just using rifle at this point, so uh, we didn't have to get super close to anything. But we did, we did anyways, because we you know, were trying to, have, you know, kind of got got into a situation where we we didn't have a good angle with a, with a with a with a further away shot we had to actually close the distance and make a make a corner around the bend of a bay yeah. and we i mean my cousin actually had to we waded out into the ocean where it was shallower and it's kind of weird with the tide it almost feels like you're in a river you know it's with the, the way the tide comes in and out of them bays and stuff so the water is like moving and it feels like you're in a river and uh <clears throat> we got out there and we were, it was kind of cool it was about waist waist deep i suppose is where we were and we got we got onto a big bear. It was a it was a big one. It was probably the biggest one we've seen, and and he he missed that one. He said it was at about an 85 yard shot and got he had the shakes like crazy, and he missed that one. And then there was uh, one other instance where we were trying to get up to a, up to the mountainside from the ocean, and so what you do is you just park the main. You park the big boat and you throw a little dinghy. It's a little raft, and you just put a trolling motor on it because right. it's too shallow to get in close to the with the big boat. So we, that's that's kind of another aspect that was just kind of neat. You know, it's like you see a bear and we just chuck that thing in and we jump in and we take off and we hit to the head to the shore, and uh, <clears throat> we got on shore and we we had to go through the woods probably four or five hundred yards before it hit the base of the mountain, and we hit we hit a real deep spot um, of like some standing water from the runoff in the mountains in a low spot and it, and it ran for a long ways so we couldn't really go around it and i was the only one with chest waders on and so i'm like all the way three quarters of the way through and i look back and my my cousins are just kind of standing back there like trying to figure out what they're going to do how they're going to get across and the bear I, I knew the bear wasn't only about 150 yards up probably where we could actually see it where it was in a kind of like a, a they're kind of like a slide where kind of snow, like a snow shoot or something where it just clears out on the mountain and then all the grass grows in okay. and that's where they feed right away in the spring. And so I knew if I get to the other side of this, this thick, thick line of trees we were in, we'd be able to see that. And, and it would only be, we were hoping, you know, within hundred, 200 yard shot. And, uh, so I was standing there like, you guys coming or what? And, uh, <laughs> they're just like, Oh, we're going to go down this way and try to cross. And I was like, man, I was like, well, you know, let's just go after this thing. I'm trying to coax them into this. Come on, just get wet. Let's go. You know, I'm ready yeah. to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go see if we can stock up on this thing. And finally, my my cousin's just like, well, just go ahead. You know, the, is actually our main guide. That's my it's my cousin. Uh, it's my cousin's fiance. So he he's real experienced in this place and stuff. And he's just like, well, hey, how about you just go ahead, sneak up through the trees over there, and 
see if you can spot it, you know, because my other cousin's kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to freaking get down into that chest deep water and, <laughs> and uh, you know, get over there and then there's no bear there. And I was just like, come on, guys, let's just do it. But <clears throat> they, uh, so I, so I, t- so I went ahead and uh, I got over, I kind of got over to the other side of the water and I looked back and I was like, Hey, how about you give me that rifle? Because <laughs> when I got to the other side, that feeling of like I'm gonna, I'm walking toward the bear unarmed. Yeah. I don't even, I don't, <laughs> I got pretty spooked about that. So I was like, yeah, yeah, give me that, give me that rifle. I ain't going without that rifle. Right. And so I, they gave me the rifle and I jacked the shell in and then. So my heart pounded, probably harder than it's pounded in a long time, making that 150 yards trek through, but in the in that timber by myself for the first time in Alaska going towards this black bear we just seen like just right over here not even 15 minutes ago and so i i got and it's weird you're walking on it's almost like you're walking on a memory foam bed in that in them woods it's just this thick bed of moss and 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 stuff like that that's in this fungi i guess it's growing all over everything because it stays so wet in there yeah and so you're like man i can silently sneak through here but then the thought came into mind and like I bet a bear is super quiet though. Right. <laughs> so I was right. like, I was paranoid as hell sneaking <laughs> in there. And I finally got to the other side, and there was this big black bear right on the mountainside, right where we last seen it. And it was only about 75 yards away from me. And that was that was pretty incredible. And actually, at that point, I had I had the vision of like how I could sneak up with a bow and shoot it. You know, I I thought of how I could do it just in you know the couple minutes I watched it, and I was like, I think I'm getting hooked to this bear hunting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh so i went back and got him and then we got through the other side i coaxed him through and then one i don't know i don't know if one the other guy who was with us went down and he was trying to cross down further and i don't know if that bear had heard him or seen him down a ways a couple hundred yards because that bear kept looking down there and uh before we could get a shot on it it ran up the mountain and was gone but wow. <clears throat> he did end up getting one the next day Man. so it was and that was pretty pretty neat it was just a, we were pretty much on the last leg of heading back to uh, get out of the ocean and be done with that uh, on the ocean with the boat, and we freaking got lucky and seen a bear on the long, on the long side of shoreline, and it was a perfect perfect uh, way we could just sneak in with the dinghy boat into the bay, jump out and kind of come right around the corner on all these rocks, and my cousin got a shot on him and got it, but uh, and that was only like 60 yards, so. I, I, so, you know, I'm pretty much set on going back black bear hunting at some point with a bow up there, you yeah. know, dude, that's, I, I, I got to try it. Well, when you go, you should, you should think, think about me because the only way <laughs> you got it, dude, the only way I like, like you, I don't, there's something about just like sitting in a tree stand, baiting a bear that I maybe right now in my life. I'm not going to ever say no to it, but right now mm-hmm. in my life, I'm just not into it. However, mm-hmm. that spot and stock kind of shoreline hunting, mm-hmm. I would definitely do something like that. Oh, it was, yeah, dude, it was, uh, I, I, it was actually kind of shocking. Like I didn't, I've never even envisioned myself hunting bears ever. Right. I just, just hasn't been something that's, you know, you know, but you know, what's weird is, you know, we change so much and like, you know, the older you get things, you can just look back and go like, well, uh, even just looking at old footage, you know, you can kind of tell how you've changed in different ways and how you react to things. Yeah. And so, you know, who knows? You know, who knows if I'll ever sit in a tree stand and bait a bear? I don't know. It could happen in time, I guess. But for now, it's 
the thing that looks most intriguing is stocking one with a bow because I know I, I know a guy could get within 40, 40 yards for sure, you know, yeah. and I can make that shot. So yeah. So <laughs> you uh, you did some you kind of went on a bear hunt with some people and then you you mentioned halibut fishing. Did you connect with any halibut? Yep. Yeah, I caught two of them. Not nothing real giant. I think I caught a, like a thirty-five pounder and a forty-five pounder. Um, my cousins, though, they caught some, caught a few bigger ones. We didn't break the hundred-pound mark, you know. We were hoping to try to get into something like that, but we caught so many fish. It was unreal, from rockfish to these little uh, Irish lords, and oh man, there was just so many different fish that we caught and eat them. Uh, yeah, yeah, link cod, and, we, and then we did shrimp pod, you know, shrimp shrimp baskets that we dropped in and then picked up a few days later, and so we had fresh shrimp, and yeah, it was it was incredible, man. Yeah, we we had fresh food, fresh seafood, you know, at, at camp, and that's awesome. It was, it was oh, it was a trip of a lifetime. It was a life changer. I mean, it totally just gives you a whole different, you know, aspect of, of like how to look at things. You just feel so small out there. It's, it's really weird. Yeah, really weird. Yeah. Now I went uh, or on this podcast or on this podcast feed. There's another guy who has a podcast, uh, hard hardworking hunter, and mm-hmm. that dude moved from the lower 48 up to Alaska so he can get residency um, mm-hmm. f- for his sheep hunts and for so I think it's like a, a resident, uh, an Alaskan resident has the ability for like, man this. I, don't quote me, but I want to say like forty some tags throughout an entire year. That's, what, that that doesn't really surprise me if it would be something up really high like that because yeah. they, my cousins up there, like they're seems like they're always hunting something. It feels yeah. like right, right, just <clears throat> nuts. And I def, yeah. yeah, I definitely definitely want to go up there. I think my my ultimate Alaska adventure, maybe even into the Yukon, would be like some drop camp moose hunt during the rut. Right. I think that would be just mm-hmm. ideal. Yeah. So, so that, that's, that's, that's been on my list for forever. Same yeah. thing. I want to, I want to hunt a moose, whether it's a Yukon moose or not, you know, I just want to go up to Alaska and hunt one of them moose. Yep. Those things are gigantic. And, and, uh, they just bought, they just bought a fan boat for moose hunting. And so that's the plan is he's going to try to, so, <clears throat> He's gonna to try to get set up up there, get a moose camp set up. He's gonna clear out a spot for moose camp in the, in the in the timber, and yeah. you know where he finds good places to hunt. And he's gonna clear out his camp and everything. Once he gets everything set up, and he knows that he can have me come up, and we're gonna actually have some you know some some chances at some moose, and not gonna come up there and not see a moose, which doesn't seem likely because it seems like they're everywhere. Yeah. But uh, as soon as he gets everything set up, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. go up there. And, so pretty lucky in that in that regard to have the connections up there. Definitely. Right. Any uh, anything else that you did up in Alaska that was noteworthy? Oh man, I, I'll tell you what. Just just being out on the edge of all them islands, and once you get out to where the open water is, and then you know you got you got what you know all these whales and you know and then killer whales and seals and all these things that are just they're they're everywhere. You, and you, know, you saw you think all you're, those things. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. and then you know, it's that's the crazy thing is I, I thought you know, well, I hope or I hope we see some, you know, and you're thinking and shit, you see them all day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you see their little water spouts that come out of you know when they when they break the water, you know, and right. shoot out, and you can see them for freaking ever. They just shoot up so high, and 
Yeah, it was it was awesome, dude. I would I'd recommend <laughs> I'd recommend everybody make that trip at one point. If you got to pay some money, pay it because you won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. Right. It's uh, it's one of those spots where you, while you're there, you're not thinking about like oh just how awesome this place is. You're thinking about how do I move here? Yeah. How do I move here? I gotta figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those places. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, <clears throat> sounds like uh, that trip was. A success. Uh, what'd your wife think? Oh, yeah, she's blown away. Yeah. yeah, blown away. You know, just we've been like I said, we've been talking about going there forever. You know, and we watch we watch all these Alaskan shows. You know, the Alaska Last Frontier. You know, and all those types of shows, and you know, Deadliest Catch stuff, and you know, it just gets you that. It, it kind of just nags at you. You're just yeah. like, God, that place looks amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It, yeah, you can't really even explain it. You know, you just got to be there. So incredible. Another thing you recently did was, and that's something that they don't have a lot of around here, or that I know of, is like when paddlefish spawn, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I, I'm like, hey man, let's talk. And you're like, I can't this week. The paddlefish are are running. Talk to me yep. about. Talk to me about what. The, the paddlefish run is well they they come up from the uh from lake sakakawea that's that's the that's the big water spot if you look at north dakota on a map it's just okay. a big kind of long kind of winding water spot up in like the west you know mid midwest to western side of the state and uh they come up from there and they're going to go up the missouri and the yellowstone rivers into montana and they're traveling up the spawn and you know, fortunate enough, I live right here at the confluence of the Missouri and the Yellowstone. So this is headquarters right here outside my front door. Yeah. It's where everybody gathers. All the campers come from everywhere. So, you know, there's thousands of people that come that first weekend. They're everywhere, you know. And then there's a big fish cleaning station set up where they uh, they uh, they gather the caviar. That's why they clean your fish. Mm-hmm. They take the caviar from the females, and then uh, they harvest that, and then... Uh, they do they do like a sort of a charity deal where they they take the eggs and then whatever they sell and all the proceeds of that go to certain charities and stuff like that so so, the so state, yeah we have every the, what's that? the state takes the caviar yeah you it's, have to check uh, it in. it's actually it's actually it's like a it's like a um it's a non-profit organization. I can't remember the name of it. It feels retarded that I don't know it right off the top of my head just because I've been around it so much. But yeah. uh, it's, uh, I think it was called North Star Caviar is like the company. But uh, I think in order to do it, they made some deal where they're going to donate so much of the proceeds to the charities and maybe even I think some of it to the state, back to the state. So, <clears throat> But if somebody wants to, to read about that, I'm sure there's articles and you know write-ups about that on, on the Internet. But... I guess I haven't really dug deep into it, but, but yeah, so anyways, everybody gathers up and so it's a good spot for them to, to, they measure all your fit, all, all the fish, you know, and they get all the data from all these fish and get to see how the popular, you know, how, how, the, how the fish, uh, how the fishery is doing, you know, how many fish they should probably release or if they should cut back, how many tags that everybody gets or just get a good number on how the fish are doing, you know? And, uh, so it's pretty neat to see that, you know, that's kind of exciting. Everybody's got fish, you know, and they're standing down there. You get to see some monster fish, you know. I think the biggest this year was like one, 121, I think. Yeah. 121 pounds. And uh, I actually, I managed to catch a, a 94-pounder. So that was pretty, it was pretty incredible. It was my biggest fish. Man. And, uh, Do they fight? 
or do they just they just sink oh yeah they fight yeah definitely they fight yep Man. and if you hook them from anywhere and so you're snagging them you know you got a five ounce hook and a ten or a five ounce sinker and a 10-0 hook and you you just chuck that way out in the river you let it hit bottom and you pretty much just jerk it and reel back and jerk it again you know and just reel in your slack and you just give it a good swing and you're just pulling it through the river pretty yeah. much yeah. and then you just run into them that's that's how many there are you know that it's there's people that swear that they don't exist even though they've seen them and all this <laughs> shit but they've been doing it forever and they've never hooked one they're like they're fake they're fake <laughs> i don't know how anybody does this but uh it, it, you feel kind of silly until you hit one then yeah. you're like wow and i love it I, I just love it it's one of those, my favorite times of the year you know it's i just like the whole camaraderie you know we get yeah. a whole bunch of people you know we got a big group of guys that come up my brother and bunch of our buddies and we all stay here and you know and have a good time with the guys and it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of damn fun nice nice well <laughs> sounds like uh you're off 2018's off to a good start man yeah 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 it's it's going well now once we get talking deer you'll probably find out that that side probably isn't isn't going quite as great <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's a perfect transition why is that not going so great we're flooded, man. We got this damn river. The runoff from the mountains has got everything flooded. Yeah. Everything. And I don't even know where the deer would be right now. They got to be in the hills. They have to be because everything, all the, everything we, we normally hunt, all the woods, everything is just completely underwater. There might be some dry spots here and there, but there's no way there's there's enough to be. Uh, there might be some trapped deer here and there, I suppose, too, but they're they're gone, man. Yeah. I have, I really haven't seen hardly any deer for quite a while since you know the river came up right around the beginning of may so and so you've lived in that area for a long time right and mm -hmm. your whole life right yep, yep yep so typically okay so for everybody who doesn't know real quick you're you pretty mm -hmm. much hunt the off the banks of the missouri river on public ground right yeah 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 in part. a nutshell that's yeah. that's the best way to describe okay. it right in the river bottom yep okay right off the missouri river so you know, this hasn't been the first time, you know, that river's mm. flooded. So typically, what do the deer do uh, whenever, whatever time of year it is, when that river gets real high and floods out all that river bottom ground? Yeah, they got to they gotta head to, they got to head, head to the hills, basically. So, it, and that would be on either side, either side of the river, they can go to the hills, go to the high country on, and it, see, that's, <laughs> I, my buddy's going to listen to that and he's going to laugh when I said high country. <laughs> <laughs> because he 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 always talks about he's going hunting muleys in the high country, and I give him so much shit, and I'm like, and that's not high country. See, so you you went down into a valley, and then you come back out. That's just regular elevation. <laughs> that's <laughs> and so, so that's it's kind of silly and hilarious that he made me say high country there because he said it so many times. Yeah, but uh. It's not high country. It's literally that you know you go down in the valleys and you come out. That's kind of what it is, you know. Okay. And uh, but anyways, that's where they go. They go. They go. They come up out of the valley and go up into the hills. And uh, some some seek refuge, you know. And there there's certain parts of the river bottoms that aren't aren't underwater. There's but there's not a lot of timber. Right. So what what can happen and what will most likely happen like every every other time this floods like this is you'll start seeing more deer the closer August rolls around. And whatever that, whatever reason that is, I don't know if they just eventually start to move their way back down because they, 
you know, maybe there's a, their internal clocks telling them like it's damn near hunting season. We let's get the hell back out, you know, out of the right. open territory up in right. the grasslands and let's get back down into the river valley. Right. And so what'll happen is you get a good inventory of what's running around generally in August because you'll be able to see a lot of them because the water will still be up high enough. Right. And uh, but you may not know where the hell they're going to end up. That's the right. thing. You know, they they could go a couple miles this you know way and a couple miles that way. Who knows? Or cross the river. And then a couple miles over, they, we've I've ran into deer that have I've seen them in one spot in the summertime, and they've been seven miles away, you know, by hunting season. Damn. And you know, you can just rec- recognize them just based off of their rack, you know. So, so when when the river floods and they they go up into this you know this quote unquote high country, and mm-hmm. then and then do they wait a while to come back down or? I guess when you're when you're trying to compare it to years where it may, maybe doesn't flood, do they stay in those uh, river bottoms all year then? Yeah, yeah. You know, one one thing that I've always wondered is 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 how many deer leave the river bottom just because of the swarms of mosquitoes. Yeah. Because they get so bad down here, and like right now they're just hatching like crazy with all this flooded water, and it's getting insane again. But is because whenever you see a deer in the summertime up here out in the fields, you know in the river bottoms they'll come out and it'll be you know light last light but it takes them literally 10 seconds and they're a thousand yards away from the woods they're just almost on a dead run you can just tell it and they're shaking their head like crazy it's just like they're like thank god thank god it's almost dark i'm out of these woods and they just run you know yeah and uh i wonder how many because if you go up out of the river bottoms and into the grasslands and some of the you know the badland type areas where it's less wet the mosquitoes are like cutting i mean almost 90 percent cut down like you don't even they're they're not nearly nearly even as bad right and so i wonder if that deer actually just sometimes migrate out of the river bottoms just to get away from them because we've had years where it wasn't super high water you know but the mosquitoes are filthy and i'd see deer running around right up in the hill right up in the hills up here that really didn't seem like they should be up there you know i recognize them when they when they grow their antlers and go, that deer lives, hell, he lives like four miles from here. What the hell is he doing way up here? Yeah. And sure enough, he'd end up back there that fall too, living where he normally lived, you know, down down in the bottoms. And it was like, hmm, I don't know. They just have these little summer ranges, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't blame them if they you know left the river bottoms every year just to get away from mosquitoes, you know. Yeah. I'm sure some do. I'm sure they do. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Now, when when that river when that river starts to come down, then again, mm-hmm. do you do you tend to see some of these same bucks come back to the same areas, or is that is that typically what happens, or is the other case where they get displaced and don't necessarily come back to the same area? As far as I know, I haven't really seen a deer that has that has left the river bottom and not ended up back where I've known he's been living. I've okay. never, I guess I haven't really noticed that happen. Okay. And sometimes it's prolonged though. I've, I've noticed where sometimes they, they stay up there into September, October, and then all of a sudden come, come to, you know, getting closer to the rut. Now they're back down there again with all the other deer, yeah. you know, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that happen where, where they just hang out longer and not come back down to the river bottoms quite, quite yet. Right. And, uh, does the flooding ever affect, in your opinion, the deer numbers? Let's say, like, because right now there's a lot of fawns that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. younger fawns that are out there. Um, have you ever noticed 
you know, let's say a, a big early spring flood, maybe somewhere around the time that they're starting to drop fawns that you've noticed maybe a lot of, uh, a lot less yearlings one year. You know, amazingly enough, I, I haven't. Amazingly, I haven't really noticed that, but I've, I've paid attention to it just, just because obviously you're like, well, if them fawns, you know, drop at the wrong time and that water comes up fast enough and then, you know, depending on where they're at, they could be right. stuck or, you know, mama makes them swim. I don't know. That would be something interesting to actually to look up is how, how early can a, a fawn swim a, a big river like the Missouri, you know, because right. they might have to cross the river to actually get over to better ground aside from going through a completely flooded wood line where it really can't swim and it's got a bunch of obstacles with logs and trees and brush and i could see where a deer could get hung up in that stuff and, and probably drown you know yeah so yeah i'm sure there's i'm sure there's some man i i'd have a hard time believing there isn't you know some of that but i haven't I haven't noticed anything that, that, that is obvious, you know, where yeah. it's like, wow, there's like no fawns around, you know, right. yeah. but this year would be another, be a good year. Now that you kind of put that in my head that, you know, I'll be definitely keeping an eye on it you know, and, and, uh, and see, see if that does, you know, have any kind of an effect on them. But, you know, it, it's, they're resilient, these freaking things. Yeah. I'll tell you what, there's, there's, they're tough as hell and they figure it out. I don't know how they do it, but from the winters to this flooding and all the mosquitoes <laughs> and things are savages. <laughs> Cause you, you had to fight, you had to fight some high water last year during the hunting season, right? Yeah. 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 We had, we had some early ice, ice, uh, we had some icing up on the river and then, um, it had, uh, we just had, somebody said, I think it was up towards Montana, something, I don't know if I got a bunch of rainfall or what it was. I'm trying to remember right, but we had a we had a quick rise in the river, just I mean within days. It was just coming up like crazy, and uh, I'm not sure if they maybe they let some water out of the out of the Fort Peck, and that's that's upstream in the Missouri, and uh, so if they let water out there, then we see that you know out of the right. dam. Right. And uh, but yeah, it came up right during rifle season when when my wife Jen had her tag and. We, uh, we ended up walking in thigh-high water, <laughs> ice water. It was ice. I had to break our way through it to get onto a, a little piece of land that I figured if when the water came up, it, it had, I, where we were hunting, some, some big deer, all that timber and everything was underwater, and the closest high ground to that was where we were going, and it was literally it butted up right against it. So I thought, all right, with all that water, and all that timber, them deer got scattered out of there, and I would be, you know, I was betting big money we were going to run into a bunch of deer on this high ground in the in the river bottoms, and it was a bunch of timber and some, some old fields and stuff. And uh, we, we went to walk out there. First spot we checked, couldn't get out there. It, we, it was, it would, we would have had to walk like 800 yards through, you know, waist-deep water. And I was like, that ain't happening. And so I had, I had another idea where we could come through the timber, and that's usually where where it's uh it's higher ground in there and uh i figured if we can get out there that's where we're going to be able to get out there but you have to walk about a three quarters of a mile to get to that spot where i figured we could get up onto this high high ground and once we got back there there was like a hundred yards probably of water covering this old beat down trail that we were on two track trail and uh you know i look back i look looked over at my wife and i said well 
it's either we walk up there, and it was like 55 degrees. It was warm out. It wasn't like, you know, a cold November, really, early no- November. And so we were both kind of working up a sweat at that point. And I just looked over at her. I was like, well, we're kind of screwed here then. I said, we can go and sit, you know, way south of here. I don't know what the hell is going to be down there with water the way it is. Or we could go up here where I'm positive there's some big deer. And she's just like, no hesitation. She's like, well, let's just go. And I was like, are you sure? Like, it's going to be cold. <laughs> it's icing up right now. I mean, it, it was iced up from the night before, you know, and it hadn't right. quite thawed back there in the woods. And she's like, let's just do it. Who cares? Let's do it. It's not cold. You know, it's not like we're going to freeze our legs off or nothing. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So we just plowed through there and got up there, and we were both soaking wet, and, you know, our legs were, like, numb for a little bit, but we, we had another probably, you know, half mile, three-quarters of a mile walk to where we wanted to sit, so... We got way out there, and she ended up passing a damn nice buck, you know. And was, his buck came out, and it was right in front of us where we thought we'd be, we'd see something, and and uh, came out, and it rose up over the the ridge, and he could just see his white horns playing his day, and he she, he came up over, and I'm sitting about six steps from my wife, and I look over at her, and I was like, oh, there's there he is, there he is, there's a buck, you know. I thought she was gonna shoot, I thought for sure she was gonna shoot, with you know trekking way out there and doing all that, and then hell no she said she had her sight set up on, on a, a bigger more mature deer you know and didn't matter which which deer you know it wasn't no particular animal it was just like, she's like no that's a younger deer isn't it and i was like yeah he's probably three and a half you know but he's a you know three and a half four and a half you know nice buck 140 class you know and uh She's like, ah, I'm going to let him go. And I was, <laughs> was kind of like, shit. You created you know? a monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so she let him go, and then so we didn't get one out there. You know, we, we tracked our asses way out there in that water. So but. have you ever run into a season and when the water maybe just didn't go down and the deer hunting was shitty all year, you know, for the entire hunting season because of high water? You know, I think back in 2011, I think right around there, I think the summer of 2011 and fall, it, it kind of did that. And I actually hunted like right next to the highway of my hometown. Like it was, it was a weird spot, but it was one of those things where the deer moved up into that timber because they were getting out of the water and it hadn't quite, it had receded quite a bit from where it was. And but it hadn't gone down a lot. So these deer, they just ended up finding this little spot where it was, they were kind of left alone and they were hidden, you know, oddly enough, right below this embankment from uh, some train tracks. And I actually shot one, you know, one of my better deer, you know, that year, like early September. Yeah, right. that was, I think that was on, yeah, I think that was on one of them, the white knuckle DVDs there, the never ending season, that deer. Yep. Yeah. It was uh, that one that we, I shot there, and that, that was a that was a tough season because yeah, the, the water just took forever to recede. But uh, you know, eventually it always does. You know, and almost I don't think I've ever seen it up super high. You know, from from summer all the way to like November or anything like that. It's almost right. almost always by October. It's it's pretty much gone down. Right. Right. <laughs> So, so then on a normal year, let's say mm-hmm. the river is, cause right now it sounds like you're not doing too much scouting or anything like that just because the river's up. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. So this time of year on, on the public ground that you hunt, what are you typically doing this time of year? And let's just go throughout the summer, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to prepare for, uh, you know, the upcoming season. Well, I'd probably 
normally if, if you know if the water wasn't high i'd be trying to uh, uh during the spring i would first i would first want to be checking out all the spots that either i had in the you know put in the back of my mind during season that i wanted to come back to and check out and maybe get a spot set up or at least investigate a little further of how i could hunt an area that i was hunting a little differently you know you know how it is in in season sometimes you got to just go all right i can't really make this play right now because I'm, i'll probably just screw this place up for a while if i really try to mess around in there too much so right. you kind of just wait till after season to really do some some real scouting and and you know tree stand work and stuff like that and uh so i would you know right after shed season and in shed season i'd probably be doing a lot of like running around checking things out like that and uh anymore though you won't catch me out in the woods in past as soon as it starts to green up and and, and hornets and stuff start coming out i'm gone dude i've i've the last three years have just been annihilated by hornets ground nesting hornets Wow. And I don't even know what kind they are, but I have been just destroyed by them things. All of a sudden, I don't know what it is, if there's, we just got these new hornets around or if I'm just that unlucky now, but I, <laughs> I can't hardly <laughs> – it's retarded. I don't, I don't know. It, it's My buddy has been with me a couple times, and, and he, he's – so that's his, like, his ongoing joke with me is, like, whenever a bee comes around or a hornet comes around or whatever, and he just makes a joke at me, you know, like, oh, like, look out, there's one of them hornets. They're after you again, you know, and – because we'd be just, you know, trimming a trail or checking trail cameras. I mean, was it uh, last year I took three kids. This was like a nightmare, you know, a freaking real-life nightmare. I'm walking through the, the timber with my kids. You know, we had cameras out because normally I'll put some cameras out in, you know, July, August, and just, just in some certain places where I've found some tracks and trails crossing some of these old waterways where the water had come up and now has receded and now we yeah. got – you know, soft ground in there, and they, they start to build, you know, pathways in there, and you can see their tracks, and you can see the big buck tracks. So that's one of the things I like to do is walk those and put trail cams on them, you know. It's just a right. real quick, easy way to do it off the river. So I, I did that with my kids, and uh, we we went in there, set the cameras, come back two weeks later, and we were going to go check them. And it was just right by the house here off the river. And uh, we got in there. We're on the way back out from getting the cameras, walking in the same way we just walked in there and all of a sudden just boom 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 i'm just getting stung like crazy and then my kids are getting stung and i'm freaking picking all three of them up and i'm sprinting along the river river and i jump down onto the bank and we got our dog our lab with us and we jump down off the bank and we're on in the sand and i'm like trying to throw them into the, the kids into the boat you know it was like a panic dude i mean the kids are screaming were they it was like this or something is, yeah yeah they were attacking man it was insane and uh, so all I can think of is we were kind of walking through some logs and stuff in the trail. So I imagine they nested in one of these logs, these old logs. They'll kind of burrow into these logs, and they'll make nests in them. And so I'm wondering if we didn't step on one of those. And uh, I snagged all the kids, and we ran down there. We got on the bank, and I'm swatting these hornets away, and the dog is biting them out of the air. Like, she's just like, she hates them, our dog. She, she does that right here on the deck. You know, they come floating around, and she just bites the shit out of them. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> so, crazy. So so just one year, you noticed an increase of hornet activity on some of the ground that you hunt. Yeah, well, just in the last, you know, like the last three years. I've, each year, I've gotten attacked at least two or three times, you know, just scouting around, you know. And it's just, 
what's what's crazy is I used to live in the freaking woods, you know, before the kids were really around and before they were getting, you know, they were babies and stuff, you know, and back, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago. I used to just all through high school, you know, in in the woods and tearing it up, making trails off the river, and like I was in it all the damn time, and yeah. never got attacked once, never, never, never one time. Huh. And now in the last three years, it's like I can't, I can't not get attacked. It's like this is insane. <laughs> I've had enough of it. <laughs> so you try to. So what you're saying is these days you're trying to get a, a lot of your scouting done before green up. Uh, yeah, that's actually a real, <laughs> that's a real initiative now is to like not step foot in the woods as as little as possible. Right. You know, as little as possible. If I can go down some wet, you know, wet waterways and shit, I'll, I'll go in there. I won't really take the kids anymore because that was, you know, terrifying right. for them. And I was right. like, great. They're never going to want to come with dad now. Right. You know, it take, takes them out there and they get attacked by friggin' hornets. <laughs> Lucky enough, only two of them got stung. My littlest guy, he didn't get stung. I don't know how that happened, but because he was right there with us and I had him in my hat, my arms, and Man. it was crazy. It was right. crazy. I think the kids, the girls got stung like two or three times each, and I had like 11, 11 stings. It was, it was unreal. And I was sick for like, uh, that made me like sick, like, I was like sick after that for like three days straight. Yeah, like, I don't know all that. I don't know taking all that that many hits or if I had an allergic reaction of some kind or something. But I had like these horrible body aches for like three days and like a fever. I was like, this is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, I I gotta share a little beehive story. Uh, <laughs> so back when I was a kid, there was, we had the old swimming pool in our town. And then there was a big drop of the, off the front end of it. There was this big drop down into a Creek. And before the pool would open every day, we would go down in the Creek and Mm -hmm. uh, me and some of my buddies would play in the Creek. And we watched this bee fly out of the air and go down into this hole and crawl in the hole. And I'm like, Oh, it's, check it out so i took this rock and i pulled the rock up and there was this underground bees nest and my buddy oh, man. i got stung like i got stung like 22 different times and i must not be allergic to it nothing, uh-huh. nothing happened to me my buddy yeah. got stung like twice and they had to give him one of those adrenaline shots because uh, yeah. he was super allergic, and his face and his airways were swelling up, so they had oh, to take man, him to the em- yeah, take him to the emergency room. And, yeah, and now every time I see a bee, I'm just like, God, like there's bees everywhere. How does a person who's allergic allergic to bees live? I know, I know. I think about that all the time, all the damn time. I think about that because I have cousins and friends and stuff that are allergic to them like that. Yeah, and you know the people that go do shit that i do you know like they're out fishing and you know they're doing stuff outside and it's like i get stung a lot even yeah. just around my yard i don't know what it is they're just attracted to me and i don't even bother them i don't even bother them i'll let them land on me and i'll just keep doing my thing and you know sometimes they leave and they don't bother me but for some reason they just like to attack me <laughs> i don't know what it is maybe you've Same killed dude. too many deer and it's nature's way of saying okay yeah, enough yeah. is enough lucas oh yeah yeah it's nature just going hey, you gotta pay your dues dude yeah, pay your dues you're gonna have a good season this year so we're gonna sting the hell out of you you know beforehand so oddly enough last year was incredible you know it yeah. stung like crazy and got sick and all that crap and then last year was you know one of the best seasons ever so, so. basically what you're saying is that you would willingly get stung by hornets if they're 
if the result was you had a good year in the Whitetail Woods? Yeah, essentially, as long as the kids weren't with me, I'd be fine. Okay, good. But I'll tell you what, though. I, I don't wish that shit on anybody. Having your kids with you and something going down like that, and you're yeah. like, you're, you're literally, your only escape route is in the water, in the river. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that was, that was not good. Man. That was not good. And that then, you know, and, uh, we're going, you know, the thoughts going through my head, you know, like, I, at that point, I wasn't sure if my little guy had actually been stung by a bee or anything. So I was like, you know, I was like, yeah. shit, is he going to swell up? What's going to happen? Is he going to be allergic? So I was kind of in a panic, you know, and luckily enough, we, you know, it, it ended as fast as it kind of started. You know, right. we got down on the riverbank, you know, about 40 yards, 50 yards away from where it started and got down there by the water and it kind of just, they faded off and they were kind of buzzing around here or there, but got them all loaded up and got going. But hell no, dude, I would never, I would never wish that on anybody. That was, that was not fun at all. Okay. So, so now you, you just kind of, you've hunted these areas for so long now that you're just kind of stay out of them until it's mm-hmm. time to hunt. And then you, you go yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've, I've changed I've changed how I hunt too, you know. I don't, I don't do as as much wasted hunting, and and that's a weird way to say it. But like when I look back on it, I did a lot of wasted hunting where it was kind of like I'd go and sit somewhere just because I had the opportunity to go. Yeah, you know, I could I could go, so I went, and so a lot of times that was just oh, I was just exploring, and I I, I don't know, it's probably not the right way to word it as wasted. But it was it was it was basically at this point in my life it would be wasted you know, yeah, right. you know with with the light, you know work and family and all that shit going on and in the spare time that you do have you're like I gotta make it count right so a so lot of the hunting I'm doing is lower be, odds I mean mm-hmm. you're you're hunting just the high you know maybe just a cold front or you know obviously rut late October but it, you know if it's if it's first week in October and it's 85 degrees outside you're not going to go hunting unless you have something like on lock. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, 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 you know, like, you know how it goes. We all, we got to pick and choose (laughs) those little spots where you can kind of, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, like I don't have anything to complain about as far as like, you know, my wife or, you know, anybody, you know, really getting on me about if I hunt too much, you know, she'd, she'd pretty much let me go if, you know, for the most part, quite a bit, you know, more than most wives would. Right. But, my priorities changed, you know, like things, you know, you just change the older you get and you don't want to necessarily go and just sit out in 85 degrees in October sitting in a tree when you're like, the odds of you seeing or getting a big deer at that point are pretty slim to none. And yeah. so you just think about it like, ah, I'd rather just hang out with the kids, go do something with them or, you know, have family, you know, do right. something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So then did you have a good shed <clears throat> season this year? Did you get out and do some shed hunting? I did. I did. I, don't, I I didn't get out very much. Right. But uh, right by the house, I I found I found I think I had about I only found like ten or eleven sheds. Yeah. This place is uh, that's one downfall of, of of living here now, as aside from you know ten years ago, eight to ten years ago, is the, the the amount of shed shed hunters around here is like I don't I don't know I'd I'd like to say it's up 150 percent from then you know like wow. or even more it's just it's crazy and and really what it is is the the moose all the moose they they attract most of the shed hunters because you know everybody wants to find a big paddle everybody does yeah you know i don't blame them but 
it seems like anywhere you go, you know, if you try to get out somewhere, you're either walking on boot tracks or, you know, you know, or there's people there, you know. So yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I've, I've had my shine, you know, as in <laughs> shed hunting, you know, years ago when I'd pick up anywhere from 70 to 100 a year for, I don't know, probably 10 years straight, you know. So I've, I've had my time of shed hunting, and now it's more like I want to just maybe even find particular sheds more than anything. I'll try to go look for a certain buck, you know, yeah. and if I pick up any in between, then fine. But the whole lore of them anymore is not quite what it used to be because it's I don't like to battle people for shit, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I'm just not much of a fan for walking on other people's boot tracks. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. I hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, do you have any bucks that you ran into last year that you you're curious, or maybe you know know already that they're still alive, or something? You know, any particular deer mm-hmm. that you're interested in seeing if they made it through the winter? Yeah. So. There's a there's a super tall frame, heavy five by five that that's not far from my house here, and uh, I had I actually tried was trying I tried to kill him, quite a bit last year, and because I I knew I I knew I and I had so many encounters with him and didn't get him, and uh, this was actually just on a little private piece right by my house, yeah, and and so I was like you know what I'm gonna try to get, I'm gonna try to get this guy, and it he's a different deer. He's one of those where you, when you, you know, you get to know him and you're just like, this isn't your average deer. This, this guy is so smart. And he's got, he's got like 15 senses, you know, everything that goes on this this deer always seems to be one step ahead of you. And he almost, he basically taunted me at 60 yards, uh, probably seven, seven to eight times. Just have had been, I was within 60 yards of him about seven to eight times with my bow and it's just like he knew, he knew, he knew, he was like, he ain't going to shoot this far, yeah. you know, and I wouldn't, you know, I just, I don't even like to shoot past 35 yards, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't, I really don't. And so I just and, and come into that range where I feel comfortable and I'll shoot. But if he's out there and it's just like, he knew that though. Like, and he, he, I know, I swore sometimes he would be out in the field feeding or, you know, just in the, in the timber and he'd just look almost right at me. It was like he knew I was there, yeah. And but not get all not get all weirded out or you know skittish, just pretty much just avoid. I you. see over there. I see over there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, and I tried so many different tricks. I even took my wife down there to shoot him with a rifle, and and because uh, I figured it'd be a, it would be a good just first hunt for her for uh, her first deer, and I thought, and by that time I'm like. I don't know. I can't kill this thing. <laughs> you know, I was like, let's see if she can has any luck. Yeah. And he slipped away from us there with the rifle. And because uh, we seen him at, we were in a, we were hunting a, a harvested beet field, sugar beet field. Right. And so the deer just pouring into it at that point. And we seen him clear at the other end of the field. And so there's a drainage ditch, drainage ditch running along the north side of the field. And it's, it's, a, it's an embankment, so you can get behind it, and you can kind of work your way down the edge of the field and then pop up over, and, you know, you'd be hidden from the deer. So we got down from the stand. Once we seen him come out at the other end, because that's like 800 yards, so I said, let's just sneak over there, and we'll get down, and we'll sneak over, and we'll make a shot on him. And we got down there, and where where he was in the field, he's not there anymore. And so 
um, it looked like the, the way the deer were moving off the edge of the field and going through the timber and probably heading out to the outer edge fields, um, we thought, well, maybe he's in that group of deer that, that have started moving off that way. Right. And so we circled around and we got into an open area where I figured those deer are going to be crossing. And sure shit, here they are, you know, they're coming. There's does and there's some small bucks. And one doe's got us pinned down. She got close to us and she's staring at us. And we're just kneeling on the ground waiting for him to cross this opening. And uh, a couple minutes later, here comes that 5x5. Five five. He's like at 55 yards walking straight at us. And he's kind of in some brush. And so all you can see is like his face and his horns, and that's it. Right. And he kind of comes up, and I get, I'm trying to get Jen situated and get her gun turned because she was kind of pointing one direction. She had to move about, you know, three steps to the right to get an, get an angle on this deer. And when we moved her and got her set up, he kind of heard something, and he looked up, and you could tell he thought he'd seen us. And he took a few more steps and kind of got higher. He kind of came up on a mound. And so then you could see everything of him. It was like, okay, there he is. Shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she's like, I can't find him in the scope. I can't see him. <laughs> I can't see him. And she finally clicks the safety off, and he, hear, and he hears it. Oh, wow. And because uh, she finally was like, oh, yeah, there he is. And then she clicks the safety off, and he hears that, and he bolts off. And then he runs, and she's all shook up, you know, because, I mean, we just made a hell of a trek to get there, and we weren't there long, and so we're both kind of huffing and puffing a little bit because we were kind of crouched down and, you know, crawling and this and that. And and so it wasn't your average hunt, you know. Right. And <clears throat> so he runs off, but then he stops at about – he runs about 50 yards and stops. So he's within a hundred yards still. And I'm like, Oh geez, it's Danny turned broadside looking right at us. And we had a clean shot. And so I don't think she was ready for that. And so she's fumbling around again, you know, and she's trying to get on him. And, and by the time she got on him, he was running off again and yeah. they were blowing and snorting. And, so he's and on, so he's he got, on your hit list this year. That's the dude. Yeah. yeah. That, that would be one I'd, I'd like to get. You think and I know he made still? it through the season. Oh, I know he did. made it through the season, yep. Oh, nice. He did make it through the season. And I didn't find his sheds. I, you know, I thought for sure I was going to be able to find them, but I, I couldn't find them. And then uh, <clears throat> when the ice went out this year, it went out right when I was going to – right when I was starting the shed hunt. And so when the ice went out, it started to ice jam up, and then it flooded the whole wood – the whole river bottom right down where I would go look for his sheds. Yeah. And so that stayed full of water for got a couple like a week and a half two weeks and then uh i went after it receded there was no luck i didn't i didn't find any finding them but i tell you what one of the best shed hunting days i ever had was a scenario just like that where it flooded uh, mm-hmm. in oh late february early march and the deer got driven to high ground and then it receded and they came yeah. back into this flooded wood lot and everything was flat, right? Yeah, All right? the grass was flat and you could yep. see them sticking out like a sore thumb in that timber when I walked through. I, I mean, I walk in, I'm just like, there's one, there's one, there's one. <laughs> yep. Because the, <laughs> the, the egg field didn't yep. flood, but the timber did. And I was just, it was one of those days where you pick up like seven sheds. It was money. Yeah, yeah. And that's exa- that was the exact thought I had when it came up. I was like, well, that sucks, but also when it goes back down, it's going to lay everything down. Everything will be flat, and sure it was, you know, and I picked up some other sheds in there, but I never did find his, you know, and the, I, apparently there's a, the landowner went down in there, and he picked up a couple good moose sheds down in there too, and so, 
you know, there was other people in there, and I think they picked up a couple of white white tail sheds or something down there too. But when are you going to draw a moose tag? Gosh, I wish, I wish this year, but it didn't. Yeah, because we we already held that that was already held, and uh, and that's a once in a lifetime. Yeah, tag yeah, for I might be North sixty Dakota before one. I ever get one, <laughs> which would be fine as long as I get one. Yeah, well, that's because cool. uh, these are these are some. Uh, this is getting to be some. This is going to be some top tier moose hunting. I'll tell you that. Yeah, big bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some damn good ones, and the hunting terrain. And you're you're pretty much if you put any effort into it, you're going to get one. You know, yeah. they're because they're not nearly as you know spooky and and uh, and stuff uh, like like the deer are. I mean, you can they'll run away from you, but you you can see them. You can, you'll see them, and a lot of times you'll see them before they see you. Because they're they're usually moving around, and they're making so much racket, you know, and you can get up close to them. And I've snuck up to, you know, and things within 25, 30 yards multiple yeah. times. And then I've I've even called them in. So these ones are callable. So so far, you know, that's awesome. As long as you know they're in a whole bunch of people doing it, and I've done it a few times just to play with them. And uh, lucky enough, didn't get busted either, you know, because if I call them in and then they bust me, I'm just gonna. <laughs> being right. one of those guys that everybody hates and <laughs> educating them. <laughs> so any other, uh, any other, uh, trips this year, any other different States or are you just sticking? Yeah. To yeah. I'm going to, uh, drew a, drew a Montana deer tag again. So I can go shoot a muley or a white tail over there. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure what I'm going to go after. Uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine that was hunting, a he was Turkey hunting a Montana area this year, right before he came up with, for paddle fishing. And, uh, he was he he picked up a pretty big whitetail shed while while turkey hunting and he said he's seen a pile of mule deer in that area and he said man that place is incredible and, and so I was like so he, he urged me to go there he's like you should go there you should right. definitely go there is it's only a, like two and a half hour drive from here so oh nice is that yeah. uh, so that's in Montana is that a mm-hmm. preference point thing or is it over the counter well this one this one you can you can put in and draw. You can, so you can you can apply or you can hope like in most years, I think in the last the last three or four years every tag has been bought already and applied for. Yeah. So usually there was a lot of leftovers. So everybody okay. just you didn't even have to apply. You could just go over and over the counter buy one. Now you're now you're having to apply because now Montana's gotten that much you know attention now that yeah. they're they're not actually having excess tags anymore. Gotcha. So gotcha. yeah, enough people are applying now that they're taking them all up. So cool, yeah, you're not guaranteed by any means now. Yeah, you're you're a. I, I still think you have a decent chance. I'd say you have at least. A, it seems like fifty percent of the people, you know, thir- you know, thirty to fifty percent of the people I know that put in were, were drawing. Nice. You know, we did a party draw with me and three other buddies because we we hunted together over there last year and we all killed deer. And was that, that rifle? was literally, what's that? Was that rifle or archery? Yeah, we rifled last year. Okay. But we're, we're, I'm going to try to do some bow hunting this year. I'm going to actually make some time to go Montana bow hunting over there instead of hunting over here. Because, like, right now, it's, yeah, it's looking like it's going to be pretty tough, you know, with all this right. water. So right. I'll, I'll maybe t- spend some time in Montana, go up, well, actually up into some high country over there and maybe you know, chase around some muleys or see what I can find. But, um. But yeah, we just did a party draw because we were like, "Hey, if, if we all draw, then you know, great, we'll all go hunting." 
Yeah. But if you know it wasn't like oh let's just all you know um, individually draw and like get lucky like we did last year because that's all it was was luck. You know we all yeah. drew and it was like well that was incredibly lucky. And so we're like yeah I'm really not interested in going unless everybody else is going. Do a deer camp yeah. over there. Yeah. And uh, so that we did that and we drew. So we're gonna go and tear it up over there again. <clears throat> well, and then I am going to Wisconsin. You're heading um, to Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the same buddies that come up uh, Montana hunting, they figured they want to repay the favor, you know, for coming up and staying here and hunting and everything. They invited me down. Uh, if nothing else, I'm just going to see opening day in Wisconsin. Seems like, that, you know, as a deer hunter, I should see that at some right. point. Cause it's right. insane, you know, I hear. <laughs> so, yeah, I hear. That's what I hear, too. So Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of excited just to go and, you know, check that all out and, experience that you know the all them shots going off and <laughs> opening deer season <laughs> flashbacks to war yeah yeah the old nom days well uh, i tell you yeah. what lucas um sounds like you got a, a busy year planned yeah 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 and if i can squeeze in south dakota i will but that'll all depend on um how much uh how much i get done uh, you know in north dakota montana and then wisconsin and then go from there and I guess, oh, shit, I almost forgot. My wife drew her cow elk tag for North Dakota, so we'll be after a cow elk again. Oh, nice. Yeah, lucky. Hopefully I'll be eating elk again. Well. Because I was actually pretty sad thinking that uh, I wasn't going to have the elk meat this fall, and then we drew, and I was like, happy again. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's, fun. that's the best, dude. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. That's the best meat I've ever had so far. Elk. You know. Yeah, I don't know. You just I throw that on the Traeger. Oh man, the Traeger grill with that elk. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, there you go, my friend. Delicious. I hope you yep. have a good season and I hopefully you and yours are successful so that I can get you on here again and we can uh BS and and I know I I say this I say this to you in text or you know through conversation but i'm going to say it on air so it puts a little bit more pressure on us but uh-huh. we got to hunt together at some point i know i know dude at some point we got to do something right at right at some point you know that would be that'd be epic so now so epic. now there's the pressure so we got i know it. i know it's, it's on record we have to make it work well and then here's here's another one i'll put i'll, I'll put this pressure more on me cuz i i mean as busy as I have been, I still got to figure out how to squeeze the time in to do it. I got to put together these damn videos so I can start showing some of these people <laughs> some of this hunting I've been doing the last couple of years. I've been getting messages every now and then, just like, "Hey, are you still alive?" Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really I'm not really active on social media very much either. Right. Most of the time, I'm just annoyed with everything I see on there. So, <laughs> so I gotta get the I gotta get my footage out there too. That's that's one of those things I've been telling. people people i'm i know i'm trying i'm trying and then i then pretty quick it's two weeks later and i was like oh i forgot about all that shit damn it yeah i gotta you know find the time and just make the time do it you know get something together even if it's just rough just chop it up and share it so everybody can see yep all right man well you have a good one and uh thanks for stopping on the show today man yes sir appreciate it man take care hope everything everything is well down in the big state of iowa Lucas, my man, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and chit-chatting with us today. Huge shout-out to all of the partners of this podcast. 
Exodus trail cameras, wasp broadheads, lone wolf tree stands, deer lab, prime archery, ripcord arrow rests, and ozonics. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Huge shout out to all of you, last but not least, all of you. Uh, I really appreciate the support that you have given this podcast, man. Uh, and there's no way, I don't even know what to say. I'm just going to say thank you. Uh, and one thing I forgot to do in the intro was to tell you about the 20% discount you get when you purchase Wasp products. So when you go to wasparchery.com, enter the discount code nine fingers. That's the number nine followed by the word fingers, and you will receive a 20% discount off of all of your items, your purchase or whatever. So uh, keep that in mind when you're looking for broadheads this upcoming fall. Other than that, go to iTunes, leave a review or wherever you download this podcast, please leave a review. Also, I encourage all of you to listen to all of the podcasts on the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network because they are just as good, probably better, (laughs) than this podcast too. So uh, tons of great information, not only on the whitetail feed, but on the big game western hunting feed as well. So keep an eye out for that. And social media, right? Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you guys are following. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast wherever you download all the podcasts and I'm telling you um, big things are coming Uh, the Nine Finger Chronicles blog is going to start happening this summer and uh, it's just going to be kind of an inside behind the scenes look on how I do and why I do what I do I'm not really here to give a ton of like I guess strategy tips and tricks because everything that I would say is kind of already out there. So I'll just kind of let you guys walk a mile in my shoes, so to speak, and um, hopefully you like it. So keep an eye out for that. Other than that, hopefully everybody has a great rest of the week. And remember, if you're going to be in a tree, please wear your damn safety harness.